Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 1049 The Horn. It is a new theme Thursday. I'm sure you can guess what the new theme is. My man Patrick, he always, on a new theme Thursday, one of my favorite musically theme days of the week, he takes jams, uh, certain songs uh, that are supposed to lead Harge and I uh, to the uh, breadcrumbs that lead us to the feature of new theme Thursday, or what the topic is for new theme Thursday. And it is a tribute to Tina Turner because uh, she passed away yesterday, the icon, uh, the diva, at 83 years old. So another great iconic song. Yeah, this is one of them. It's been in a lot of movies, but it's also just uh, yeah. it's timeless. She's got a bunch of timeless ones. Yeah. That yeah, and a lot of these, bang. too. Like, a lot of these are covers, but uh, she did okay. them more famously than the other versions. That's a lot of point. times she would take that, but, yeah, like, it, it, it's... She has a. There's a lot of songs where you hear them and then you're like, I, I associate with Tina Turner. And then you look them up and like, okay, that was actually done by someone else. Didn't Cher do this one run. too? Did Cher do a Simply the Best? Uh, I think Bonnie Tyler was the original. Okay. I'm saying, did she ever do a cover of it? She might have. I want to say I, I, that sounds for me, but I could be way off about that. Um, anyway, uh, paying tribute to Tina Turner. That is the new theme for New Theme Thursday. So shout out to Patrick. Also, speaking of shout out to Patrick, you can shout him out on the spec text line. It's his birthday. It's his birthday. Patrick is celebrating a B day today. So we're helping Patrick celebrate his B day. You can wish him a happy birthday on the spec text line 512-337-3776. You also can do it via Twitter. He's at it's Patrick Davis in the Twitterverse. Uh, you can hit up Harge at Hardball Harge Twitterverse. Harge, you're getting a lot of compliments. More compliments than cr- critiques of your karaoke. Now, there's a lot of people hating on my my tech, uh, on my on my uh, <laughs> on my phone, but I appreciate everybody that's looking out for you, boy. When it's coming to Tim McGraw, uh, yes. Okay, so for those who weren't keeping up in our uh, latest uh, off the record, um, we we ended up uh, playing a piece of audio from Jimmy Butler on a podcast. We admit he's a huge country music fan, mm-hmm. and the reason he's a country music fan is because. He was once trying to troll and taunt his teammates for wearing their Beats by Dre headphones basically around their necks and then playing the music, blaring it so everybody can hear it instead of putting it on their damn head so only they could hear it. So he's kind of an old grumpy man in that sense. But uh, he was trying to taunt them, so he did the same thing to them, but did it what he thought was annoying country music. And he did it so much, he started liking the country music, listening to the lyrics of it, and he, he I think he admitted that the song that basically got him hooked on country music turned out and i didn't know this at the time before we decided to play it it's also one of harge's favorite songs tim mcgraw don't take the girl right because he was trying to find the most annoying country song out there and turns out the tim mcgraw hooked him hook line and sinker got him got me now he's making a country music album BSU not. That's Jimmy what he Baller said. Is making a country music album because he fell in love with country music because of Tim McGraw and Don't Take the Girl. And now because Harge was doing karaoke because that's one of his favorite songs, <laughs> it is stuck in my head because the line, the first line of the chorus, the Jimmy Johnson line, yep. it gets me. Yep. And how how do we how do we not know that Jimmy Johnson of the Dallas Cowboys was not an inspiration for the Jimmy Johnson line and Don't Take the Girl? We don't. We're gonna, or, we're gonna go. Was, or, or was or, it? or was was uh, Jimmy Johnson from Miami? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, it what's could have been a Miami yeah. fan. Who's up, but Jimmy Johnson? I don't even know. How many Jimmy Johnsons have we known in just period and pop culture sports? I know two. How many? You know two? Yeah, Jimmy Johnson for the Cowboys and Jimmy Johnson, Johnson from NASCAR. Yeah, <laughs> that's, so that's two and, of them. And one came first. Exactly. Right? One is a lot older. One is a lot older. All right. So I, I don't know. That song came out when ninety what? Ninety four. Come on, man. 
Take Jimmy Cowboy. Johnson. <laughs> Take Tommy Johnson. If they would have said, take Jerry Jones, <laughs> exactly. I think Cowboy fans would be excited. Come on. I think Jimmy, if I was Jimmy Johnson, I'm like, yeah, I'm I making, need some royalties. I'm making that story. That. I'm like, hey, I, I inspired that uh, lyrics in that song. You know, that's me. What other Jimmy Johnson is there? How many other Jimmy's you do you Timber know? Brown just thought of a Jimmy Johnson out of nowhere? No, he was Jimmy he Johnson. He had to know somebody. Come on, man. Cowboys was like running it. stuff back then. I like it. All right. Anyway, uh, but yeah, J- uh, basically, Jimmy Butler, we are looking for the country music album and now i have to say guys i'm rooting for jimmy butler to win the nba finals and to win it all because he's going to be way more interesting as jimmy butler with a ring this is Ooh. a guy he's got a clothing line jimmy butler with a ring he's got a country music album coming out you he's know got, he's got coffee he's got coffee he's got coffee he's gonna be doing commercials yep. he's gonna go on a late night show and sing his country song with the miami heat in the background with him I like he's it. gonna just be he's gonna be crazy and wild and fun and interesting yep. so i think i'm rooting for jimmy man because the more i found out about jimmy the more i like him can you imagine how much he's gonna troll the rest of the nba when he has a ring oh my goodness he's been trolling them for the last five six years without a ring that's a great point he's going Oh, he's going to troll him on a historic, epic level. Trolling. And will we have a DNA test with him and Michael Jordan, though? Exactly. That conspiracy theory now goes yeah. to another level. That's what I'm saying. We can oh. also have this conversation every single Man. week. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, I like Jokic, but I'm rooting for Jimmy with a ring. Ooh, championship Jimmy? Yeah. Oh, yeah. man, it's going to be fun. It'll be fun to follow up championship Jimmy. All right. I, I am going to say, Tommy Thompson was an MLB player. Okay. And, and his dad was an MLB McGraw player. Is Tim McGraw's dad yes. was an MLB baseball player. So it could very easily be Jimmy Johnson, the coach, and Tommy Tommy Thompson, the, the like his player, played like a friend of him. He's a sports yeah, guy. Those could be both his friends. Because his dad was a like a Hall of Famer, right? And he's yeah. a famous country singer. Well, I don't know yeah. if he's a Hall of Famer, but he's pretty doggone good. He was uh, the closer for the World Series Philadelphia Phillies and the Mets. I think he pitched for the he pitched for the Mets too. Um, so yeah, you know what, Patrick's probably right. He probably. The famous country music star Jimmy Johnson, head coach of Dallas Cowboys, Super Bowl winning coach. Yeah. Dad's a pro athlete in circles. Might have just met him. Like, you know yeah. what, bro? I like that name. Writing the music. That's it, pretty easy. They all rhyme. Does Tim McGraw write his own music? <laughs> oh Do yeah, you know? I think so. Does he? Who knows? Yeah. It's it's country music. Yeah, it's that's a, true. It's a crapshoot in the country that that's a lot of guys don't write. It's like pop music. A lot of people just don't write their own stuff. That's all music. Rap's like that too. Yeah. yeah, we got ghost. We got ghost riders in these streets. We got ghost riders. Yeah, that's how you know you made it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, you ain't, yeah, you ain't made it. You write your own stuff. You ain't made it quite yet. Uh, all right, um, or you're just ridiculously talented. All right, let's get to some other ridiculously talented folks. Let's talk about um, the NFL coaches in the NFL because they're upset about the NFL's latest rule change. If you haven't heard, NFL changed the fair catch rule on the kickoff returns. Now you can fair catch uh, the kickoff return, uh, catch it anywhere inside the 25. You fair catch it there, and then it automatically goes to the 25. That's the touchback. So they basically adjusted the touchback rule, and a lot of coaches are upset by this. Um, We have a couple of pieces of audio. Dan Campbell, first the Detroit Lions head coach, um, he had some uh, very uh, stern words about his opposition to the new rule mm. yeah I, highly frustrating it's very frustrating um but um but look i don't make the rules and uh and so we that's that's a new rule then then we'll live by the new rule we'll find a way to adjust adapt and and still get what we want you know that's that's what you got to do but uh, you know i hate that we continue to take away from the game that's that's what really worries me 
You know, it, we just we continue to to bleed this league. You know, if we're not careful, it's not gonna, it won't replenish at one point. But um, but listen, it's the rules, and uh, we'll make do and we'll adjust. Uh, and the next piece of audio that was Dan Campbell, uh, head coach of the Detroit Lions, um, and he's uh, opposed to this new rule. And here is Andy Reid when he was asked uh, about the new rule change at OTAs. I don't know. We'll have to go through all that. I've my my thing is where does it stop right so you start taking pieces and um, you know we'll see how this goes but you don't want to take too many pieces away or you be playing flag football all right so John Harbaugh who was also a special teams coach um, before he became a head coach he said quote the fair catch rule we had to ch- we had a chance to weigh in on that with all the special teams coaches we had a long talk and discussion about that we weren't for it. We voted against it. We think it's going to create more high-speed head trauma than not having it in there. That's our position on it, but we'll see. Uh, they want to give it a shot and take a look at it. Uh, I, he did not explain how he believes, theoretically, it's going to reduce or to increase head trauma um, and high-speed collisions. But that was just his thoughts on it. And John Mara, owner of the Giants, also expressed opposition to the new rule. Now, the reason that they are offended all right, was also the process of changing the rule. There are multiple annual meetings for the NFL. They have a meeting in March, and they're having a meeting right now in May. The one in March is a all-personnel meeting, pretty much. Uh, the head coaches go, GMs go, assistant coaches go, and the owners go. They discuss ideas. They, you know, kind of f- throw out ideas to see if potentially – um, teams or executives and head coaches would agree or disagree with them. And at times, they kind of float these test balloon ideas. And at the time, when they floated this idea in March, the coaches were vehemently opposed to it. They were adamantly against it. Right. All Basically, the majority of them were. And they don't vote on it. The, the owners vote, and you need three-fourths majority votes to pass any new rule. Uh, but... Coaches can convince execs and GMs, and GMs and execs can convince owners, right? You just kind of that's up the chain of command. So at this recent meeting of the owners, there were no coaches because they're at OTAs. All right, and most of the GMs decided, well, I want to be with my coaches at the OTAs. I want to watch mm-hmm. these rookies right. that I just drafted. I want to watch the players I just acquired. I want to watch them. I'm closer to the locker room than I am to be an executive. I want to be there. So these are mostly just the owners and some executives, and the owners voted. After hearing the coaches' disagreement with this rule change in March, they decided to do it what they believe, the coaches believe, behind their back when they weren't there. Now, they didn't need them to change it, but they at least could have heard them out. The NFL decided they had more data um, since the March meeting, and the data influenced them, compelled them to make the change. Yeah. And and, go ahead, Patrick. Yeah. Oh, I thought yeah. you. I thought you was about to say something. Yeah. But yeah, you sit there and you start looking at that data, and you look at these other people that are are part of their their livelihood. This is how they made it to the league. This is how they became those types of players. And we we don't know exactly because what was the percentage on the touchbacks already? You know uh, what I'm saying? Like there, because how many times did we see the game at the very beginning? They're kicking the ball out of the end zone anyway, and the clock don't run. Yes, uh, they th- what they are projecting is the new rule for fair catches. Uh, basically, the kickoff they expect the kickoff returns to drop by even more thirty one percent. Yep, they're gonna drop even more, so thirty one percent drop in kickoff returns and a fifteen percent drop in concussion rate. That's what they're projecting. Right. 
But you're right. Uh, basically, kickoffs account for six percent of all plays, twelve percent of all concussions, eighteen percent of all injuries, um, and yeah, largely now it's ceremonial. I mean, it's eighty percent of kickoffs were returned. You look at prior to 2010, and that, that's when they started changing the kickoff rules. Eighty mm-hmm. percent, um, and then they, that's when they moved the kickoff from the forty to the thirty-five. Eighty percent of kickoffs were returned prior to that. And ever since then, they've been slowly changing the rules. And with every change, there is another drastic drop in kickoffs being returned. Last year, only six kickoffs were returned for touchdowns when Rod B was still playing in the league a long time ago. Uh, when I was still making money on special teams as a special teams ace or whatever, mm-hmm. 25 kickoff return touchdowns in 2007. 25. Interesting. Down to six. Mm. The NFL is basically shadow banning the kickoff. They don't like right. it. They believe that it's more of a burden than a benefit. I describe it as what the penny has become. It's cost more to make than it actually is worth. It's uh, what a payphone is right. these days. Uh, the yellow pages, printed porn, you name it. Right. It's more of a burden than it is a benefit to society. And the, the NFL believes the, that the kickoff is a more of a burden than a benefit. They want to get rid of it, but. As you see, there's going to be a lot of blowback if they do. They're definitely mostly from the coaches, players, and from executives too. They don't want that blowback. So what they're going to do is they're going to slowly gut it, slowly emasculate it until it's essentially just a ceremonial play before a commercial break. (laughs) And that's just already is basically right. That's what it's become because of the fact too that all these kickers are stronger and they seem to find a way to kick the ball out of the back of the end zone. If you really wanted to change the way the game was played, move it back a little bit more and make them kick. What are they kicking from? The 35 right now or 25? So make it go back to the 20 and see what happens from there because you're going to end up getting field position anyway. See what can happen from that part of it. Let's let's make it where I want to see kickoff returns. I love the fact that that was part of the game. You think about all the people that have set records. You look at uh, Devin Hester, Deion Sanders. Multiple players, Billy White Shoes Johnson Billy back in the White day. Shoes. You know, those guys, that was their way of life. They were most electrifying people on the field. And now you're taking that completely away from them. And mm. now what are you going to do? You're not going to have those spots on the roster that you would use for a special team guy that you could also throw out there as a wide receiver or maybe a um, a scat back or something like that, those people are going to be gone too. Uh, no, I, I agree. That's why I think the NFL, they should just copy the XFL. I know it's a pride thing with them, but they've copied the XFL before. They took the sky cam from the XFL. That was their idea. Uh, they took real-time audio during the games, players mic'd up. The NFL wasn't doing that before the XFL decided to do it during the games, using that audio in real time. Uh, and decentivizing uh, decentivizing and discouraging extra points and incentivizing two-point conversions. The NFL also has been doing that lately because they don't really like the extra point. They want the extra point essentially shadow banned, and also they want the kickoff essentially shadow banned. The extra point is just a wasted play. It's a boring, wasted play, and they want more action on that play. And basically the kickoff is too much action. Right. right. That's 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 your most uh you know uh, dangerous play, if you will. Uh, but the extra point doesn't have enough danger in it, so they want teams to go for two points more. And recently, since they moved the uh, extra point, teams' uh, conversion rates for two point conversions has been increasing, and the extra point conversion rate has actually been decreasing. So they should just take the extra point idea from the XFL. Zero injuries for, from the uh, kickoff returns in the XFL in 2020. 90, 90% return rate and their average starting field position, three yards more than the NFL's average starting field position. For those who don't know the XFL, <clears throat> I understand why you haven't watched it. I get it. 
<laughs> Their kickoff rule consists of 10 players on the kicking team, 10 players on the receiving team, everyone except the kicker and the returner, lining up across each other five yards apart. No one except the kicker and returner can move until either the returner has touched the ball or the ball has been on the ground for at least three seconds. Mm. That is, It's money, and it's entertaining as heck. I've right. watched it. It really is. So they should just take it. I don't know what they're waiting on. I mean, just yeah. steal it. You copycat league anyway. Do just what you want to do. Yeah, what are you doing? There's and, no copyrights well, well, now, in Well, now they have a they have an agreement with the XFL. Right. They use yeah, a lot of their stuff. Yes. So I don't know why they don't just take it say, and yeah. say like that. They, they do right right for every rule change. We'll use it for one year. If it doesn't work, we'll change it back. That's a good point. I don't know what they're waiting on. It's well, crazy. You know how they get down in there. <laughs> They'll make some kind of decision right before the first game and say, this is what we're going to do. You know the best place to try it, too? Preseason games. Preseason games. That is a great place to try it. Go out there and try them in the preseason games. I agree. This is already controlled. Go out there and do do that part of it. You're going to be playing with third, second, third, and fourth string team. I mean, players, go out there and run it through that and see what it looks like in that moment. I totally agree with you. Um, okay, I got one piece of audio, and then we'll play the other piece of audio and rock around the day and just continue our uh, NFL discussion. Um, but let's get to the uh, Lamar Jackson audio here because uh, Lamar Jackson is excited about his new offense and everybody else is excited about his new offense too. Todd Munkin, the offensive coordinator from the Georgia Bulldogs last year, national championship mm-hmm. Bulldogs, he is now the offensive coordinator. And Lamar Jackson was asked about the new offense, how it looks, how he feels in it. Um, his comments are pretty interesting because he's indicating or hinting that it's going to look very different. Less running for Lamar Jackson, more passing for Lamar Jackson. Here it is. I mean, just being able to throw the ball down the field. You know, we sometimes, sometimes, you know, we can't run and not going. Running can only take you so far, you know. And I feel like with, with this new era of uh, teams and offenses in the league, I, I feel like we need that. And Coach Todd Munkin, what I'm saying, his offense so far is looking tremendous. You feel like you're. Um you won't have to run as much, and that'll maybe be scaled back a little bit. Absolutely. Absolutely, especially with the receivers we have. Bay, OBJ, Zay, Dove, Pro, all those guys. You got Isaiah, the tight end. I can't say Zay. Isaiah, the tight end. Mark, my guy. All right. There you go. <laughs> He's telling you uh, they're going to be a lot more passing uh, in this offense and, you know, less running. And I mean, nobody's run the football more with quarterback runs than the Ravens in the last four years. I believe last year they were third in quarterback the runs and quarterback rushes. But every year prior to that, uh, they've been first. First yep. in 2021, 2020, and 2019. So uh, that's been their bread and butter. Uh, but this is a guy that came from a pro-style offense in college. It's always been laughable but always humorous to me that the the critique and the knock is that man he can't really operate in a pro style offense as a pocket passing quarterback and to say that he can't do it would be to me a a that's that's a little that's kind of misguided because right. he, we saw him do it in college at the in in a pro style offense at, with the Ravens the Ravens have not really asked him to do that in that Greg Roman offense Todd Munkin, who's actually kind of an air raid fan, he's kind of a stepchild in the air raid coaching tree, if you will. Um, he actually will implement a lot more simple passing concepts. And according to Lamar Jackson, these are his words, he says, quote, uh, Todd Munkin is giving him the keys to the offense. He said, quote, you can change things when you want to. You see the defense and it's not looking right to you. You see some guy blitzing. You might want your obviously to do something different. Coaching, coach is giving you the free will to do whatever you want. Yeah, they're putting you in the right spot. They're telling you, hey, man, we this is the play we want to call, but if you see something different, 
don't be afraid to check out of it. You played this game for a long time. You've been that guy. Why why hasn't he had that privilege to be able to check out a place? Maybe he has and he just hadn't really done it. But, of course, you need to be that guy. We just gave you a lot of money. You need to make mm-hmm. the right plays. That's what it's about. I know. I, I just, I've been looking at, you know, one, they're one of five. They're five players since 1960 to have at least 30 passing touchdowns in the season with a passing touchdown percentage of 9% or higher. Lamar Jackson's one of those guys. But he's not good enough. You know what <laughs> so, I'm saying? Yeah, just, yeah. It's crazy. Aaron Rodgers is on that list. Peyton Manning, Y.A. Tittle, and George Blanda are the other quarterbacks on that Tittle. list. You got to go all the way back. <laughs> you got to go to Y.A. Tittle. Crazy stats about this dude. And people are like, yeah, I don't think he can throw the ball from the pocket. Uh, we'll see because, by the way, the Ravens, and I've been critical of the Ravens, and I think they've deserved that criticism. They have not invested a lot of money on the offensive side of the ball, and this is actually one of the first times they're going to invest money in the offensive side of the ball. They spent the fewest salary cap dollars on offense in the last four years in the league and the second fewest salary cap dollars on the wide receiver position, and they've had a ton of running back injuries. Now, Odell Beckham Jr. Yeah. Um, they invested in him in the, in Zay, the, Flower. Zay Flowers in the draft. Yeah. So they're changing some things organizationally that they don't normally do either. Right. I think they're trying to accommodate their franchise quarterback, which they should be. I mean, no doubt. He's worthy of that. All right, we come back. Uh, bad news for the rest of the NFL. What? Patrick Mahomes. He's very unselfish. We'll get into that in Rod's rant of the day. All of that and more right here on Ball Don't Lie, wonderful down the horn. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. Find out what happens when people stop being polite and start getting real. You ain't keeping it real. My God, okay, it's happening. Everybody stay calm. Oh, no, you've done real. it now. It's time for Rod's rant of the day. Hold on to your butts. All right, welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. Time for a Rod's rant of the day. And I uh, saw this. I saw this quote first, and I was like, "I got to find the audio for this quote." And unfortunately, I did find it. And if you're an NFL fan for any team other than the Kansas City Chiefs, it's gonna it's gonna be upsetting for you. Now, we know that the Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes are on their way to being a dynasty. Like they're really close. I mean, hell, if not for one of their defensive players lining up offsides. <laughs> True. And another was overtime uh, loss to Joe Burrow. Yep, yep. And the Cincinnati Bengals, they <laughs> going to more Super Bowls with a chance to win more of them. All right. So even when they haven't been able to make it all the way to the you know, Super Bowl, they've been damn close. They, they barely, by the hair on their chinny chin chin, they didn't make it. Well, Patrick Mahomes, now, and, one of, and one of the only, I think, one of the only hopes for everybody else in the NFL because he's young and Andy Reid has not talked about retiring at all. And Brett Veach is also a top three GM in the league. <laughs> so you got a top three GM. You got a, you got the best head coach in the league, arguably best quarterback in the league right now. And some people saying a top three G- general manager in the league in Brett Veach. Scary. Holy Very Trinity scary. they got working right there. One of the only hopes for the rest of the NFL is that, you know, once the Kansas City Chiefs have to keep up with the Joneses and pay Patrick Mahomes his market value, well, that will severely um, handicap their ability to bring in more talent around him, and therefore that can disrupt their dynastic run. Well, he was asked about contract negotiations because he's about to be uh, at least in that window where they want to extend him again. And he was asked about being the highest-paid player and asked about whether he's a contract, was he's negotiating a contract right now. 
Here's the audio, but the second question is which I wanted if you would pay attention to, because the second question is whether he do you want to be the highest paid quarterback in the league at your position? Um, and here is the Patrick Mahomes audio. Yeah, I mean, I, I always keep I, I always, me and my agent and the team always keep open communication. Uh, and we try to do whatever is the best for the team, but obviously I want to do the best for myself as well. Um, but at the same time, I, I want to, I've always said I, I worry about legacy and winning rings more than making money at this moment. Um, but uh, I'm, I know we keep communication. We see what's going on, on around the league. Um, but at the same time, I'll never do anything that's going to hurt us from keeping the great players around me. So it's kind of teetering around that line. So you're not driven to be the highest paid quarterback average Years. That's not- no, no. You, you, it's kind of. It's more of a. You just want to do whatever to not hurt other quarterbacks whenever they their contracts come up. You want to kind of keep the the bar pushing. Um, and so I, it's not about being the highest paid guy. It's not about making a ton of money. I'm. I, I've made enough money where I'll be set for the rest of my life. Um, but at the same time, you got to find that line where you're making a good amount of money, but you're still keeping a lot of great players around you, so you can win these Super Bowls and you're able to compete in these games. Yeah, unfortunately. Humility. Uh, we thought, yeah, and unselfishness. Mm-hmm. We thought that he would be a quarterback that at least would have pride, a little bit of greed, where he would demand to be paid what he's worth or at least demand to be the highest paid quarterback in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not what he's demanding. And one of the only ways that I think this dynastic run could be disrupted if they have to overpay for quarterback like everybody has to do at one point. Um, but I don't even know if there's a way to overpay for a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes. There is might no be way. The best, way, best quarterback in the league. But now you got a guy who's willing to give you that Tim Duncan, Tom Brady discount. And Tom Brady did it with the Patriots for years. He did it with the Patriots. I went back and looked at Tom Brady. You go look at all the times he had with the Patriots where he took a discount. His cap hit rank, and this is from 2006 or 2005. Um, and I guess it go back farther than that. You're going to go 2002, you can't. Remember, he was a sixth-round pick. So, yeah. I mean, obviously, he had a low cap hit then. But these are his cap hits from 2002 to 2019. 31-18-11. Um, six for the quarterback position, by the way. Right. Uh, 31, 18, 11, 6, 1, 10, 3, 4, 1, 7, 16, 5, 11, 14, 18, 19, 11, and 12. That was his cap hit ranks among quarterbacks. And he's he was with the GOAT for what? 10 of those, 10, say, yeah. 12 of those years? It just keep happening that way. <laughs> Unbelievable. Golly, that he was going to be that unselfish. And everybody always talks about the fact that Oh, he has a a wife that was making a lot of money, but it That's ain't his true. money. And he's still, I think he's still that guy. I think he 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 could have had more money the latter part of his career that he did he walked away from. I don't think it was ever about the money. I think it was always let's do something to make sure that we can be I like championships and I can't do it if I'm taking up all the bread. Yeah, no, it, it it's it's real. Like I said, it reminds me Tim Duncan did did something very similar uh his career his career as yeah. well. I mean, he took Right, pay cuts, uh, probably multiple pay cuts in his time. Tom even, Brady did, and Tom Brady did. Those two guys are probably the most famous of. The, I'm sure it's happened before other guys have done yeah, it, yeah. but those guys did it multiple times. No, not throughout when you're, their entire team. Yeah, and not when you're one of the best players in the league, if not the best player in the league, right. to be stepping back to go. I could set new records for contracts, or I can make sure that I don't destroy a dynasty over like seven million dollars. Yeah, because like that's the reality of it. It's not, it's not necessarily. 
oh no no I'm you know it's thirty million dollars and that's going to screw us. It's like, hey man, we just need like an extra eight million dollars to get this guy in and get this done and get these two guys over and renegotiate this left tackle or whatever. And mm-hmm. because you needed to be, you need to be worth fifty-two million instead of forty-two million. Yep, we can't do that anymore. So it's it's there. there it's not the whole wiggle room of if you can't take fifty million, you got to take twenty. But you, you just got to give up a little bit so that the team can function. But as he said, we're always talking. So when those situations come up, we can we can restructure things and push things around. And I know I'll be taken care of. Yeah, uh, I, I found this article. This is from two thousand. 13, so it was obviously a while ago, but it's about Tim Duncan. Uh, so it said last offseason, Tim Duncan was a free agent, two time NBA most valuable player, earned 21 million the previous season, and at 36 years old, was ready to sign what likely would be his final contract. But instead of going for the all in deal, uh, demanding one last massive payday, Duncan cut his salary in half by signing a three year, $30 million deal. One year after being the third highest paid player in the league, he knocked himself down to 61st. He was at the time making less than Richard Hamilton and Hito Turkoglu. Rich Rip Hamilton. And it, how many titles he won after that, uh, Patrick? After twenty thirteen, one more. You got yeah. one more then. He got one more in. Yeah, because he got the quiet one. He got the quiet exactly. It, so it is worth it. You got another one in there, man. Added to the legacy. Playing the game hey, the it right puts, way. It puts him up to five. It's exactly in, in the legacy game. All time, 30, 40 years in retrospect, man, you're gonna win. You get way more money off of the that title than right. you yeah, will and, off and of it's, that contract. To get in that yeah. elite club of five championships, that's the that's like the Kobe group and Michael Jordan and guys like that that have at least five titles. That there's not a ton of guys that are in that. I know. So I, I thought that you know Patrick Mahomes' superpower is that you know he can. No lead is safe. He's got that Category 5 kind of supernova force of nature about him uh, in his skill set. It may be that also he's unselfish. Yeah. He doesn't really care about being – that pride is not uh, over – it's not something that is going to consume him and force him to dictate being the highest-paid QB in the league and hold his team ransom every uh, every other year. So right. he's not going to do that. He's not going to be that guy. And I hate it for the rest of us NFL fans. And, and for the record – I hate it for the rest he, of us. He is still <laughs> being somewhat selfish. He is. Because but- in a reality, he just goes, I have enough money. I don't have enough wins. Yep. Because I want all of the wins. I want him to want more money. I want him <laughs> to watch Wall no, Street. No, you want him to have less wins. No, Gordon Gecko. I want him to go get that more money because that money in a salary cap league is going to hamstring the Kansas City Chiefs and what they can do if he's like, no, no, I want to be the highest paid quarterback by $10 because I deserve it, and he's damn right. And if he doesn't do that, they get a discount. And Kansas City Chiefs are one team that does not need a discount. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, the, the real thing you're looking at with Kansas City now is how much longer is Andy Reid going to stay around? <laughs> right. That was my point. Oh, so true. Exactly. That because then my, you're like, yeah. all right, if Andy's gone, then maybe there's changes, and then maybe that, that Trinity is – now we're down to two, and then, okay, yeah. maybe they make some bad decisions then. But you know what I'm worried, though, when Andy Reid does hang it up? The Chiefs are going to be able to say, who wants to play with Patrick Mahomes? Who wants to coach him? Who wants to coach the best quarterback in the league and go be the next quarter, best quarterback in the league for the mm-hmm. next? They're gonna be able to go get a Sean McVay and a Shano. Like they're gonna be able to go any coach, any coach. Yeah. Go, yeah. You know what? You you want to leave that? Go leave that. We will we will trade for you, whatever. But if you want to coach for us, we will trade and make a trade for you because it's rare that coaches are traded for. But I think the Kansas Chiefs would do it. 
because they know all they need with a Patrick Mahomes. You don't need a lot of picks. Your picks are going to suck anyway. Because yeah. you're, you're, you're always in the Super Bowl. You're always in the Super Bowl. So yeah. trade away a pick and go get a Sean McVay. You gotta, go get a Shano. That's if, I was, if I was Commissioner Goodell, I would, I would pull a David Stern. I yeah, wouldn't let you that would happen. Block it. You block <laughs> no CP going <laughs> over there, bro. That didn't happen. No. Competitive balance. No, you gotta. You have to hire somebody else. <laughs> yeah, you exactly. Hire. You have to hire somebody. You cannot go get one of the coaches in the league already. Yeah, that that to me is scary. Yeah. So Andy Reid. It's ridiculous. You gotta hire Adam Gase. <laughs> <laughs> that could be the only person you could hire, and I think he's been there. In here, in here, I think Adam Gase is a friend of Andy Reid. If I'm not mistaken. Friend of. I don't know if he's on the coaching tree. Friend of. Uh, that's a good point, though. Maybe, you know, with Jeff Fisher. See if you can win with oh, Jeff Fisher. You win no, Super Bowl with Jeff Fisher. Yeah, I'm not, even, I'm not even that mean. <laughs> I would wish that on my worst enemy. Uh, yeah. Uh, and the problem right. is they play they play an extra game now, so he can't go he can't go seven and nine. <laughs> That is very true. That is very. Yeah, they should make that song. They should take "Staying Alive" and they would think it's <laughs> seven and nine. Yeah. And they, would, yeah. <laughs> they would make that about Jeff Fisher. It's actually pretty good. It's pretty clever. They go, ah, 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 going seven and nine, seven and nine. <laughs> oh, it's pretty good. All right, we come back. We'll get into another off the record on the other side, right here on Bar Don't Lie, one hundred nine horn. Ball don't lie right here on 1049 the horn. New theme Thursday. Usually when Patrick uh, takes some songs that are supposed to provide cl- uh, clues to Harge and I about what the new theme of the day is. Uh, we figured it out pretty quickly, um, as you can hear, is a tribute to one of the queens of uh, music and queens of rock, actually. Uh, diva Icon, who has now passed away. R.I.P. to Tina Turner. Um, that's what we're celebrating today for our new theme Thursday. Thanks to Patrick, who also celebrating his birthday today. Happy birthday, PD! So hit him up. Uh, Spec text line. Give him some birthday shout-outs. 512 3776. Yeah, you got a lot of birthday shout outs out here, Patrick. So uh, the folks trying to show you some love, and we appreciate all their love on the Specs text line. Uh, okay, um, let's get into this uh, off the record here. There are a couple of stories I want to hit here. Both of them are uh, kind of celebrity fodder. So you hear that Jay Z and Beyonce bought a home? You guys heard this? Straight cash, homie. They purchased a home 27. 27- 712, that's the actual address, Pacific Coast Highway, for $200 million. Yeah, $200 mm-hmm. million. It is the second uh, priciest home ever listed, actually, in the United States of America. I mean, I'm not making that up. That's true. I'm still trying to figure out how you have to be able to have somebody that's going to buy it from you that's got that kind of bread, though. Yeah. It is listed as the second priciest home um, listed in America. Mm, mm, mm. Isn't that crazy? Who has the, 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 the does it say who has yes. the? Um, it says here, uh, sorry, here's the way it actually breaks down. It says dubbed as an architectural masterpiece, the home that Jay-Z and Beyonce purchased. Um, the property is also the most expensive single family home ever sold in the U.S. So I should say that, even though, I mean, single family home. <laughs> what? That's just what they call it. That's it's just like, what they whoa, call it. Excuse me? Single family home? How big is this family? I mean, good Lord. Okay, yeah, so it is the uh, second most expensive single family home ever sold in the U.S. Uh, the most expensive 
uh, that owner goes to a midtown Manhattan condo owned by hedge fund billionaire Ken Griffin, mm. who set the record four years ago when he bought it for $239 million, guys. Mm. He bought mm. a condo. I can imagine it's probably like four stories of a building, though. It's four or five stories of a building or something like that. Crazy. Man. That is a lot of straight cash. I just, don't, I just don't need all that. Yeah. Um, this guy, uh, he holds the record for the biggest real estate purchase, $239 million. Um, his sprawling penthouse in Manhattan at 220 Central Park South, 24,000 square feet, gentlemen. 24,000. It comes with um, an athletic club and a, <laughs> a juice bar. A squash court and a golf simulator. It's pretty nice. An you, indoor pool in that joint. Man, you got. Mm-hmm. Man, it must be nice. What? Hey, must be nice. Must oh. be nice to be able to buy a two hundred thirty-nine million dollar <laughs> house. Yeah, must it's must amazing. be nice. Um, and Beyonce is Beyonce's not officially a billionaire either, is she? Not officially. I mean, I guess she's, she's Wait, probably. Wait, they don't got a joint joint checking account. <laughs> they, they got a joint. I'm I'm saying, my, my checking and my savings, my savings and my checking. Jay Z's in the billionaire category, so I was just wondering about that. I always find it fascinating that you know I, I've talked, I talked about this with uh, with sports before. How you know the NBA has produced multiple billionaires already. Mm-hmm. The NFL has no shot at producing any anytime soon. Tom Brady may be the closest. He might be. Since the closest. now he's going to be minority ownership, we know he's made a lot of money. And I was we talked about how Major League Baseball they should have somebody in that club already. It's a damn shame they do not. That's mm-hmm. old, old, old money. Guaranteed money. Yeah. So the NBA shouldn't have surpassed that, but I guess because it's about marketability, NBA players are more wide internationally marketed than, and not that it's more of an international sport because baseball is international too, but they're more widely marketed and better marketed, uh, more effectively marketed, I should say, than Major League Baseball players. That's probably one of the biggest indictments on Major League Baseball and one of the biggest examples of their shortcomings in that category is that how have y'all not produced a billionaire yet? Because we agree. I mean, NBA got two already. Well, they're definitely marketable. well, that's that's what I'm saying. Like, baseball, baseball should be yeah, I mean, cycle. And, and like uh, baseball, I don't know the shoe deals are quite the same that's because they're not. You, you wear yeah. cleats, not shoes, so you can't buy sneakers. So you can get a massive shoe deal in basketball. Yeah, yeah unlike other sports. People will buy your shoes and, and walk around yeah. in them. Yeah. Can't walk around in cleats. And I wanted to also ask a question about comparing that to different genres of music. Like hip hop has already made two billionaires. Yeah. It's already created mm-hmm. two billionaires. Kanye started there. Jay-Z started there. Uh, hey, Rihanna, I don't know if she's not considered hip-hop. She's more pop. Um, but it's, it's interesting that a lot of other genres have been around longer or have been created more billionaires. Mm-hmm. Well, it depends because you got to own songwriting. Yeah, you got to exactly. own. I think that's a bit the masters and all that, right? Yeah, yeah, and That's yeah. like a new thing where people want to own their own yeah. masters. Well, I'm hearing a lot of people before. trying to sell their catalogs nowadays. That, that They're starting to make a lot of well, money that's, from that's, that, too, That's how right? you get liquid if you're like, look. I'm going to live that much longer. Yeah. And if I try and bequeath my catalog onto my children, they will screw it up. Because <laughs> they're going to be greedy and they're going to yeah, fight yeah. over it. Yeah. And then they're going to be like, no, take it offline. Legal fees. On and then they're just like, let me sell it to these guys. And I'll just give them the money. And then I don't got to worry about it anymore. Yeah. yeah something like rock and roll. I'm sure rock and roll has created uh, some billionaires, but you would think that'd be more. Right. 
Yeah, because I can't think of a Tom Thumb. Well, they of my live head. off the chain too. I yeah, but I, I mean, the whole thing head. with rock and roll is your billionaire to drug addict ratio is going to be pretty heavy on the drug addict. That's what I'm saying. Like they end up that like, drug addict alcoholic is going to be a little bit heavier no, than billionaire. And those record companies a lot back then they were basically but, hustling a lot of the artists back then. Like we just found out where our artists have kind of taken ownership of their own career paths mm-hmm. and those masters and everything like that. So that's maybe that's a relatively new thing. But it's interesting. It's just an interesting conversation to have about that wealth. No, no sports can yeah. create. No, you get guys like Gene Simmons and Paul McCartney. Right, Paul McCartney's got to be close. Yeah, he's got to be. He's got to be right there. I mean, because right he owns, there. he owns, he most owns of the Beatles. Beatles. He stuff, owns yeah. all of the Beatles. Right. And I yeah. imagine they if, own, yeah. you know guys like, you know, like Michael Jackson hadn't you know passed away and then hadn't you know going got into a lot of a uh, off away from music issues. Yep, yep. That he would have been an amusement there park. Yeah. He bought. He did. He actually did. It, yeah. Was right. it Never Neverland? It was Never Neverland. Yeah. I would never go to Never Neverland. Never ever. Never ever. Never ever ever. ever. <laughs> All right, we come back. Uh, Six o'clock hour. Uh, we'll preview Boston and Miami tonight, right here on Ball Don't Lie, one hundred four nine.